Good morning, good day, and good evening. Welcome to episode 161 of Tech of a Tea. I am, as always, Brody Robertson. Welcome back to the show. And today, we have a uh, developer on the show. Welcome to the show, Vaxry, the developer of Hyperland. I guess Hyper as well, but no one's really paying attention to that one. Hyperland's the main focus right now. How's it going? Uh, I'm doing fine. I'm all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Hyper is dead <laughs> regarding that. <laughs> I didn't even know Hyper existed until I heard about Hyperland. What? So how long had Hyper been around for? Did it really have any sort of user base? Or was it just one of these like little window managers that like, you know, a couple of people knew about? Oh, I made Hyper like a long time ago. I think it was December 2021 even. Mm-hmm. Um, I just made it because I was, well, I pr primarily I started my Linux journey on KDE and I have been mm -hmm. KDE for a while. Then I switched to i3 because one of my friends was pressuring me to switch to i3 or else they yep. will kidnap me or something. <laughs> yep. Um, and, and so I switched to i3, uh, but I hated i3. It was, it was terrible. It was garbage. I, I it's a the manual tiling. Tiler. I like the tiling. I installed I... a script for auto, auto tiling. Right. Okay. Yep, yep. But it just had so many quirks and annoyances. Mm -hmm. Like, I just remember moving windows around was so unpredictable that it was it was literally painful. Like, I wanted to move a window to the left mm -hmm. and it would randomly go to the bottom, to the top left, to, to the right even sometimes. And it was so annoying that I was just mm -hmm. like, what if I write my own? And that was a big mistake because that by the snow snowball effect cascaded now into me developing software for tens of thousands of people um yeah but so hyper in the beginning i i got a bit of a user base it wasn't a lot of people but mm -hmm. it was honestly more like just a window manager for me just mm -hmm. to like to fit that niche use case that I wanted it to be like kind of. I didn't know about BSPWM, and it was mostly BSPWM to be honest. Right. I was gonna ask um, but you it was, why. Like, what but was, it was mine. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna ask you what was like different about Hyper that sort of made it stand out from the rest of the dynamic tilers out there, because there's a lot of them. The the real thing that made it stand out was the fact that the window manager, not the compositor, supported animations and rounded corners. So right. you didn't have to have Pycom for those, which was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, but the animations were kind of laggy because, well, Xorg Plus, it's the window manager doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Which... It shouldn't be, and uh, it, and Pycom had some issues. Like for example, during animations, the shadow wouldn't update, so it looked kind of weird. Yo. Um, uh, but generally, Hyper amassed like six hundred or something stars. So I wouldn't say it, it was like a completely underground project, but it mm -hmm. definitely wasn't a a, a big one. Yeah. I posted like my workflow like once, twice, or thrice to um to Unixborn, mm -hmm. and and it got it got a bit of traction. And that actually smoothly translates to me and Hyperland because yeah, these I remember screenshots are definitely Unix porn screenshots. Wow! <laughs> either either the first or the second post that I made on Unix porn, yep. got like like one and a half thousand upvotes, which is like oh, a bunch. Wow! Um, and oh, almost every single one of my posts onto Unix porn got like over one thousand upvotes, <laughs> <laughs> but um. I either first or the second, uh, there was this one guy 
that made a comment, mm -hmm. basically using a lot of expletives and a generally unnice terminology yep. uh, to describe me and me making something for X, which he thought was bad, old, deprecated, why are you using this, oh my god, you're stupid. <laughs> and yep. He got downvoted into oblivion. He later deleted his comment, but I probably still have a screenshot somewhere. I mean, I, I hope I do, because it was really funny. Because mm. um, uh, 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 basically, um, I, I, I replied with none of your effing business, because he was using so many expletives that I just replied, I would say none of your effing business, but I'm not that rude. Mm -hmm. um, and um, basically, that was kind of like that that moment that I actually learned about Wayland, because... Oh, well, you didn't even was, know about it was, up until that point. No, I was... When I made Hyper in December, uh -huh. I've been I've been using Linux for, like, four months, or, like, oh, five. Wow, okay. I've been a very new Linux user. I, I started using Linux in May 2021, mm -hmm. which... And then December 2021, I started Hyper, so it, I was using KD for, like, three months, maybe. Wait, so what distro um, did you start on? I started, well, I wanted to start on Endeavor, Yeah. but at the time I had an NVIDIA graphics card. Ah, okay. Great. And I actually started <laughs> using Linux when NVIDIA drivers were causing kernel panics on all, almost all cards before the 20 series. Right. So I, I started Endeavor, it loaded, then I clicked like install, it installed, and I clicked install NVIDIA drivers, and it would not boot again. Then I tried a fresh install, the installer would not boot, uh -huh. and I was like, Jesus Christ, what's wrong? And I remember having two Linux friends trying to help me, both failed, and they were just like, just like, okay, just, just uh, try, try a different distro, and one of my friends started on Manjaro, and he said, just, just try Manjaro. And Manjaro worked because their NVIDIA uh, kernel uh, kernel driver mm -hmm. was older because <laughs> wow, they haven't what? pushed the new release yet. <laughs> so it works. And then a week later, it broke. Mm. But <laughs> then I just knew that it was NVIDIA and I downgraded NVIDIA and held it. It was fine. So I started in Manjaro, but it yes. was super annoying. And so I switched to just plain Arch okay, like, okay. two months later. So you've been using Arch now for like two or so years? Yeah, basically. Uh, I'm a I'm an Arch Linux user, by the way. Absolutely. Yeah, the only correct answer. And uh, and so so yeah, the person telling so, you to unalive yourself about Wayland. Yeah. Then I I knew I I learned about Wayland. I was like, hey, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And I just replied that you know uh, the the window manager is made in a pretty modular fashion. So if I want to migrate to Wayland, I <laughs> I can do that in the future. <laughs> whatever. Um, just kind of brushed it off, but kept it in, in at the back of my hand, head because mm -hmm. I was like, oh, maybe, maybe something. Um, then I remember, uh, like, like two months later, I was like, hey, let's 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 try out this this Wayland thing, and I was like, I, I I can see a couple like Wayland compositors like DWL, like Vivarium, like Sway, at the time, mm -hmm. and I was like, yeah, yeah, Nvidia is gonna be a problem because I still had an Nvidia card, right? And I tried to launch them on my X11 session because apparently I knew I I the people told me that it should launch in a window, which it should, <laughs> should, but on Nvidia 
it, it won't because I didn't apply the, the kernel pad parameters and the patches and what whatnot and config options. So it mm. just didn't work. So I was like, whatever, I'll just hold it off for a moment. But then 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 a, a, a lamp, a, a, a small little light popped mm. out of my head. And I was like, it's the height of the GPU shortage. What if I just buy an AMD GPU? Mm -hmm. That was a mistake. Um, but How much had a, extra did you pay than you should have paid? I don't want to admit, but um, I I had an NVIDIA 1080 Ti, right. which I bought used, and I sold it used for more money than I bought it for. Yup, so, yup. And, and, and then, with that money, I mean, kind of backwards, uh, I bought an AMD... A Red Devil RX 6700 XT, which is still sitting in my computer, which is a way too powerful card for my uses because I play Counter Strike and you can play it like and apart from that, FPS. like like turn-based strategy games from 15 years ago, <laughs> no cap, 15 years ago. <laughs> um, so this card is definitely overkill for me, but at least it it will it will stick it for a while. Yeah, just don't upgrade the, for a while now. I bought it for over a thousand US. So, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, um, God, yep. But the, the the thing is, I bought it used. So, I I uh, I asked my dad to drive me to the guy. Wait, uh, I'm sorry. Hold, hold up a sec. You bought it used for over a thousand US. Around a thousand. Yeah, yeah. Jesus! Oh, I forgot how bad it was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. The 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 exchange rate. Then was a bit was a bit yeah. well. Now it would probably be less US because mm -hmm. the exchange rate of the currency Polish currency. Uh, but I uh, I asked my dad to drive me to the guy, and we went there, and it was just his house, and it, the card was used in a in a crypto miner. Of so it was, yep. when when I went to the guy, the guy went out with uh, with the card. I had the cash, and he was just like, "Oh yeah, hell yeah!" So. What are you buying it for? You're gonna mine Ethereum or something? I was just like, nah, I just hate Nvidia, <laughs> and he just he just looked at me dead in the eyes. I was just like, what? All right, just take the card. <laughs> I just gave him the money. He didn't want to talk to me because when I said I just hate Nvidia, he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? So yeah, he was very confused. He looked at me like like I was like I was the spawn of Satan or something, just yeah, coming here for his card. That's not a, the kind of person who plays a video game. All they see is how many, how how much crypto can I mine per hour? What is the optimal card to buy? Yeah, but yeah, but he asked me like like, am I gonna do heavy gaming as well? And I said, <laughs> nah. <laughs> oh, I, I just hate Nvidia. He was like, okay, brother. <laughs> Sure. Um, okay. Yes. Yeah, so, so I bought the card. I I I got it to my home. I installed it in my PC, and of course, the first thing I had to do was sit for two hours and remove all the Nvidia things that apparently there were a lot uh, yep. because my drivers wouldn't work if I had Nvidia modules mm. installed. Right. Then. Yeah. Normal people, when they get a new GPU, they like launch Cyberpunk or something to just test the frame rates or whatever. What I did was I opened VS Code and I made a new project called it Hyperland. Um, I, I didn't even I didn't even use the graphics card like per se mm -hmm. like up until like a week later when I actually played some CS:GO on it and I was like, oh shee, <laughs> this thing actually is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how you so notice I, the difference with 
If you're playing CSGO with a 1080 versus 6700 XT, like, you're gonna be getting so many frames anyway. No, 1080 Ti was actually noticeably worse than, really? than oh, 6700 okay. XT. Yeah. Maybe because I, I, I had... Maybe because 1080 Ti was the bottleneck. I don't know. Ah, um, yeah, sure. Something. But, but like, I made Hyperland, it was like the beginning of March 2022. Because mm -hmm. it was like I think the fourteenth or thirteenth. Because we had we had an uh, one year anniversary like a couple of days ago. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> of, of Hyperland. Um, because it started yeah it started in March twenty twenty two, and it, it was a mess in the beginning. <laughs> yep. It, I I uh, well I learned a lot of things from building Hyper, and I'm 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 really glad that I did make Hyper before Hyperland mm -hmm. because it outlined. A lot of flaws in my in my thinking mm -hmm. about such a piece of software. I made a lot of mistakes in Hyper that I just wanted to rectify from the beginning in Hyperland, just to never have them again. Mm -hmm. For example, one of the mega painful things in Hyper was the fact that layouts were not a separate thing from the window manager. Layouts were baked into the logic. So oh, already okay. with two layouts in Hyper, just Dwindle and Master, it was a spaghetti of an absolute mess. It was like terrible, like changing anything. Like the, the, the code for adding a new window, like 90% of it was just layout related stuff. And oh. in the middle, there was like other logic and it was just super painful to work with. So mm -hmm. like in Hyperland from the beginning, I split layouts into like separate things, into yep. like separate modules that, that are just work independently of the entire window manager mm -hmm, mm -hmm. part. And like, so you have the, like the window manager part and you have the, the compositor parts and mm -hmm. you kind of you interact with each other, but are separate. So you basically can make a new layout by creating two new files and just writing out for the window manager. I have no understanding of like making a Welling compositor. So, I, but I presume like the the layout stuff works roughly the same sort of concepts as Xorg. The Wayland oh, no, side. No, no, no. It's, okay. it's fundamentally no different. fundamentally different. Okay. <laughs> uh, Xorg is terrible. Xorg is kind of like kind of like uh, Windows. I think in Windows it's actually almost the same, mm -hmm. as in everything is treated a window. It's just right. that windows have those those hints, those modes, those things that tell the the compositor or the window manager how to interact with them. So mm -hmm. on Xorg, you have the the horrible atoms. Mm -hmm. So you have like a like a list of like around like a hundred atoms, which are just text. And a window can have multiple atoms. For example, oh, this atom tells the window manager to make it sticky, or this mm. atom tells the window manager to make it floating, or whatever. Actually, floating is done even worse. But like, it, they kind of tell what to do. Like, you can do like an atom to skip pager to like skip the taskbar or whatever. Right. And it's it's just like this entire mess of like. Who adds new properties to strings and who supports them and whatever? It's just like zero standardization. It's just like, mm -hmm. give me a list of strings and the the display server maybe understands them. Right. Which is which is which is terrible because like every pop up, every like context menu, every drop down, all of those are windows. Which is mm -hmm. terrible for differentiating them and like well doing anything useful to them. 
Um, so in Wayland, you only have, like, a window is not really a thing. You do not have, like, strictly a window. There is no concept okay. of a window in Wayland. Like, in the core spec, we don't use the word window once because there are no windows mm -hmm. in Wayland. Because we don't like Microsoft, so we won't use their trademarked windows to describe anything, obviously. Right. So... When you have a Wayland desktop, it's comprised mostly of three things. First is the top levels, which mm -hmm. is something that you would consider a window. For example, a browser or Discord or, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, a, a very obscure game uh, with CSGO. a very expletive title that your friend has gifted you and it costs like 20 cents on the Steam market. Um, or just yeah, like a so, Oh, <laughs> oh God! I have I have two thousand hours in Neptunia. <laughs> yup, absolutely. <laughs> I don't talk about Great games. Um, um, so uh, these are top levels, mm -hmm. and then because in Wayland a top level doesn't know where it is, mm -hmm. it can't really open other windows for stuff like pop-ups or. Okay. drop-downs or stuff like that, because it wouldn't know where to place them. And mm -hmm. Wayland apps cannot place themselves because they don't know where they are. Right. So instead of that, every top level has a tree of subsurfaces and pop-ups. Mm -hmm. So a subsurface is just a smaller surface that the top level can say where in its parent surface, so in its top level coordinates it is. So for example, a drop-down in Chrome would be a subsurface. Right. And a pop-up is a subsurface that can go outside of the bounds of the window, because sometimes if you open a context menu, it may go outside the window. Yeah, yeah. So all of these are constrained to the top level and work in the top level's coordinate space. Mm -hmm. So there is no other windows created by the app. Well, sometimes if you have, for example, a dialog box, that will open a new window, of course. But stuff like drop-downs and and like uh, hints, like stuff like that, like yep. all this is just subsurfaces and pop-ups. And the third thing is layer surfaces, which a lot of people, and I mean a lot of people, confuse with windows. Because if you're in Wayland, your, your background, so your wallpaper, or your status bar, so your taskbar, waybar, whatever, these are not windows because mm -hmm. there are no windows and they are in top levels because top levels cannot position themselves. So instead, they are layer surfaces, which are kind of like, you have four separate layers mm -hmm. that you can put layer surfaces on. You have two that are below the top levels and two that are above the top levels. So you have, you have background, which is usually for wallpapers. Mm -hmm. You have bottom, which is for maybe like widgets or something on your desktop, for example, icons or whatever. Then you have top, which is reserved for stuff like probably like your launcher or your bar. And then you have the overlay, which is like, I don't know, a screen locker, a screenshot utility or whatever. Yep. So we have those layers which can position themselves, kind of. Mm -hmm. Basically, they can request a size, they can request anchors, they can request kind of like mostly positioning, and they can re request reserved area. For example, like your like your top taskbar or top bar, or whatever it's called, waybar. Yeah. So these things often get confused for Windows, and people and people people ask me like, oh, 
you have window rules for animations, but I, I, I can't find Waybar or Rofi in, in my list of clients. What, what's wrong? What happened? Mm -hmm. Well, the problem is that Rofi or your taskbar are not a window. And these kind of work and have like a different set of rules, how they govern. But generally, things that should be layer surfaces are better to be layer surfaces. Like, if you have Rofi, there mm. is a Rofi Wayland fork, which opens a layer surface instead of a window, and it works way better because the focus is more streamlined. It's described in a protocol. Meanwhile, if you have a Rofi X11, we literally in X in in WL Roots have a function that tries to guess whether type of X window that shouldn't be managed by the window manager should be focused or not, mm -hmm. but it's not 100% accurate because XORG. Because it's just guesswork. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't always work. It, so it's just better for that to be a layer surface because a layer surface can be, can request it to be in the middle of some set of some screen, can request to be focused, can request mm -hmm. to grab the focus so you don't click away from it and suddenly it's unfocused. Mm -hmm. So like the, the launcher grabs your focus. Uh, the only downside is that currently it's a WL roots protocol, but I think KDE also supports it. I don't know about GNOME. Uh, GNOME is like 10 years behind everyone else. What was the protocol, I can just quickly check it. Uh, layer shell, WLR uh. layer shell. There is a merge request open for like a slightly modified layer shell to the EXT namespace. Uh, but we all know how the EXT namespace works. You make a you make a you make a merge request to the EXT namespace, get ten comments, you resolve them all, then you wait a year, and then you get ten more comments. And yeah, rinse and repeat. Getting anything into Wayland protocols terrible. Corporate as hell. Uh, just before we get into that, um, GNOME has not implemented it, so yeah. yeah. But I think KDE has. That K sounds right. Yeah. GNOME didn't have any interest because they don't have any interest in supporting things outside of the gnome stuff. Because they do... I know um, they do their bar in a different way. It's like a part of the compositor or something weird. Um, Probably have their own protocol. <laughs> no, they, they definitely have their own protocol for doing it. And they don't want to support, like, adding KDE other things also in. has. KDE also has, but as... If I recall correctly, KDE is actually making progress to move to WL Roots, so... Okay, I did not would, hear about that. I heard somewhere that the, the base is actually slowly being ported to WL Roots, huh. which would be a great thing, because more standardization, and uh, we would get more stable WL Roots. Uh, but, but yeah, <laughs> it would yes, be pretty so, cool if it... Um, right sidetracked you there you were talking about getting things into the main set of protocols oh terrible the absolutely garbage the, the the life cycle of a protocol then you you make a merge request you get 10 comments you solve them all then you wait a year and then you get <laughs> 10 more comments uh and then after like maybe two years the protocol either gets denied or gets suddenly some interest probably because someone like valve paid someone like Simon, sir, to maybe move his ass and actually do something about this, and then we get a new protocol. Yeah. Cool. Um, that I think that that was what, that's what actually happened with uh, with Terring. <laughs> actually, the protocol I think got merged because Simon got paid <laughs> by Valve. 
For anyone um, <laughs> unsure about who Simon Sir is, that is the guy who made Sway and, by extension, W.O. Roots as well. Oh, he maintains Sway. Yeah. Uh, Drew the Vault made Yeah, made sorry, Sway. yeah. Right. Yeah, Drew made it. Simon... Yeah, yeah, maintains it now. Simon maintains, he maintains Sway, he maintains WL Roots, and he is a member of Wayland Protocols. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think one of the more active ones, actually. Right. Some other people, I will not name names, are not very active, and only start being active when they want to say something, say why something is stupid. When they want to argue about something, yeah, I've... Going through, uh, looking at, like, doing videos on various, like protocol uh, proposals uh yeah i've certainly noticed a couple of names that show up just for the sake of why are you I, stupid i don't understand you i've it, i i have I, I know one guy that is trying currently to get a protocol for an app to list clients uh -huh. like running like list top levels running on the system which would be useful for stuff like a screen share picker because currently the uh, the Hyperland in XDG Desktop Portal Hyperland it uses a WL Roots protocol to list the top level handles, but mm -hmm. it of course is a WL Roots protocol. So the guy is trying to streamline it into EXT, and he got a couple comments, and it's been dragging on for like half a year now probably, and. And so, because the process, and I quote, was so onerous, I think that that's, that's what Daniel Stone said, um, Simon made a proposal to lax the requirements for the protocols in EXT, because previously, I mean currently still, they required two acknowledgements from different Wayland Perkles members. Mm -hmm. And so he said that because EXT is, you know, it's just extensions, so it's not kind of a core protocol, so it's like it doesn't really matter if there will be like lesser used protocols there, as mm -hmm. long as they have a use and they're, they're legitimate, make sense, you, uh, you should probably get them. So mm -hmm. he said that it should be one acknowledgement from a Wayland Protocols member, so for example, if all WL Roots compositors would benefit from it, then Simon could acknowledge it as mm -hmm. WL Roots uh, uh, maintainer and one acknowledgement from like a third party project. So, for example, me, as uh, right. for example, right? Because I maintain Hyperland, which is the best well income author ever. Um, but continuing, uh, it's certainly at least in the top, yeah, it's in the top one. Top, uh, I was gonna say top three, I can't think of too many others I'd really care about. Um, <laughs> at least top three. I'll give you top three. I don't know what top one. Maybe when uh, maybe when things stabilize a little bit and you're not making changes every single hour. I mean, every single hour. I make changes every two hours. Anyways, uh, continuing. <laughs> yes. Um, he said that yeah, you should get one acknowledgement from a Wayland Protocols member and one acknowledgement from like a third party project, and then a guy whose name I have never seen, and I, I mean never uh -huh. seen there, just stormed in and said. Basically, in a very long paragraph, something like, why should we do this? Because what stops people from ma making a protocol for EXT kill the compositor and <laughs> merging it into Wayland Protocols? I'm like, brother, what the f What? I'm like, yeah, yeah, because a protocol called EXT uh, Crash Compositor is going to pass through one acknowledgement from the Wayland Protocols and the reviewer from Wayland Protocols that has to review both of the acknowledgements, review the protocol, and actually sign it. So, like, 
Yeah, we're getting an EXT crash the compositor. Does this protocol. person not realize that you can crash the compositor just using HTOP? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can, you can crash the compositor by just by just writing kill all. Yeah, you don't. Dash nine. You don't need like what? What is? It's not yeah, like basically. you need to be a super user to crash something. Like what? What? Yeah, I mean, you you can crash GNOME by launching certain applications. Last time I checked. And let Let's um, just imagine for a second. Just imagine that protocol did exist, and for whatever reason, it passed. No one will implement it. Why does it matter? <laughs> yeah. In the first place, it won't pass, even if you relax those requirements, because nobody's going to acknowledge it. Mm. And further, he raised the point that oh, what stops this? Not like we can knack. Uh, a protocol. Yeah, people can knack a protocol. People can not acknowledge a protocol. And that mm. kind of like blocks it from being merged. So like it takes one Wayland Protocols member to say like, hey guys, this is not a good idea. Mm. And like the protocol is kind of stopped in its tracks. So like the person appeared out of nowhere just mm. to say that it's bad to make this feel less like we need to go to Obama for a signed approval of our <laughs> top-level info protocol, because otherwise, it, it, yeah, it's probably not a good idea to merge it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's just terrible, terrible, terrible. Um, my experiences with protocols, developers, I hate them all equally. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I, I, I hate Simon the most, but probably because he's the most active, because mm -hmm. all of them are the same types of assholes. Um, so... The thing is, my my first encounter with... Okay, when it comes to issues, uh -huh. th they usually reply with something that makes sense. Right. And then they actually try to help, more or less, sometimes. I Okay, once I had to wait a month for a response, but um, ignoring that, they mostly reply with something that makes sense, especially mm -hmm. in the Hyperland's early days. There were some things that were poorly documented, because mm -hmm. WLRoots has zero documentation, basically. It's just kind of like, figure it out yourself. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, uh, Wayland, uh, uh, WLRoots says, uh, WLRoots is documented by comments. Read them. And then you go into the code, there are no comments. Um, oh. So yeah, that, that's very funny. Uh, I remember there was a problem with ViewPorter I had. It said the only comment about implementing Viewporter was compositors need to update their logic and use this instead of this. Did this. It caused 10,000 issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, the documentation WRS is terrible. But I, it's kind of expected. It's not really a framework for many like people that really need to learn how the computer works mm -hmm. to use. It's kind of like this low-level library that kind of documents itself, I guess. But I guess you can read stuff like 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 Sway or or um or DWL mm. or Wayfire to just get a get a rough understanding of how things work. That's yep. that's how I learned W roots because I'm not reading the code that that they gave. It's just terrible. Uh, yeah, imagine reading eighty thousand lines of code just to find something. I'm just gonna look at how uh, yeah. Wayfire did it. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna look how Wayfire did it. Wayfire did it this way. Oh, I understand how this works. Okay, thanks. Mm -hmm. Um, so my experience, yeah, I had some issues, especially in the beginning. 
um, with things that were poorly commented. I sent them to the bug tracker. They helped a bit, and yeah, in the end, it, I managed to solve the issue like 90% on my on my own. Um, but then I, yeah, then um, I I don't remember which one was first. Okay, uh, so one of one of them was first. One of them was was second. Mm -hmm. I, I I don't remember, but uh, one of them was me implementing the tearing support mm. in uh, in wroots because wroots still doesn't support tearing. So when the tearing protocol got merged, I wrote an implementation for the tearing hint in wroots. It just mm. it just implemented the hint because the protocol technically was just a hint. Yeah. Um, the protocol doesn't didn't like say explicitly that the compositor has to enable tearing or whatever. It's just a hint. It's just like kind of please tear me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I implemented this hint in wroots and I wrote I wrote an implementation in hyperland for the for the compositor. Mm -hmm. And uh, after like eighty comments about the style. Which thanks W Roots devs for making a, a two hundred line MD file about the style, not providing a Clang format file. Uh, so basically, you had to do manual formatting. Uh, Great, yep. that sounds fun. Um, uh, so, like eighty comments about the format and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, Simon asked me a question like, "How should this protocol be used?" Mm -hmm. I'm like. The compositor can either ignore or not a request for an app to be torn, probably only when it's full screen and when it's the only surface that's showing. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, that was that, that makes sense. But I said that of course W Roots currently doesn't allow tearing. It it can't do tearing. Um and so he was like, yeah, and I asked whether should the tearing implementation, like the actual tearing, be in this PR or should it be in the separate? And he said that he doesn't he doesn't care. It, it can be either. Mm -hmm. And so I said, all right, cool. Um, I looked through the code, I tried a bunch of things, but I am not a graphical engineer or whatever, or a Linux engineer, mm -hmm. and I can't I can't really figure out how to do tearing um in W Roots. I I I generally don't know. I I'm not really proficient with like low level KMS yep. stuff. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I tried this, this, and this, which was mostly uh, removing checks that prevented submitting more frames than the frame rate. And it just ended up making more errors. Yeah. Um, so obviously removing safety checks isn't really going to help here. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I just said that I tried this, this, and this. And do you have any pointers for me? was the last message in this PR. It's been like eight months. Um, Ooh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So this was, yeah, and the, the PR is still open. Uh, mm -hmm. There was literally nothing more that has happened. So we still don't have tearing in WR Roots. Great. Uh, then, I don't know if this was before or after, we have the global shortcuts debus thing, right? The portal. Yeah. Yeah, in WR Roots, um, yeah, so um, because I I'm still not really really keen on implementing it, I have other things to do because pretty much nothing still supports it. So it's like kind of mm -hmm. whatever. When OBS starts supporting it, I will implement it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think Mumble is actually also working on implementing it. Oh wow. Okay. Um, but so I I made a protocol proposal mm -hmm. to Hyperland Protocols for a protocol between the Hyperland Desktop Portal and Hyperland for the global shortcuts. Mm -hmm. 
Great, cool, amazing, wonderful. Uh, and someone stormed into the discussion and said, would I mind uh, sending this protocol over to EXT instead of Hyperland protocols for other people to also implement? And I was like, I don't know, my experiences with Wayland protocols are kind of mixed, but I'll join the, the WL Roots IRC and ask there. Mm -hmm. Joined. Asked. Two days later, conversation resumed on a completely unrelated topic. Nobody ever noticed my message. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great experience. 10 out of 10 would recommend. I will not be sending this protocol to EXT. Because mm -hmm. uh, we already have like protocols in Hyperline protocols that, because on Sway, like another annoying thing on Sway, you can only screen share your, your monitor, right? You, you cannot share okay. the window. Yeah, you yeah, cannot okay. screen share a region. Yeah, I, I've definitely um, noticed this with um, OBS. You, window capture just yes. doesn't exist. Yes. You... On Hyperland, you can currently share a monitor or a window. Mm -hmm. uh, region sharing is broken because WL Roots implementation of the screen copy protocol is broken. It's very broken. Um, <laughs> And Hyperland uses the WRC implementation. There is an open PR currently in Hyperland for my own implementation of the screen copy protocol, which mm. fixes two issues. First of all, people not being able to screen share on scaled displays, which is also a WRC issue. Mm. And second, people not being able to screen share regions, which is also a WRC issue. It fixes both of them, but it's still open because there is one thing that I still want to add there that there, there is no support for currently. Uh -huh. Um... But I will, I'll probably get to it in like a couple days and, and just finish it. Because it's also really annoying on my, on my laptop, because mm -hmm. I can't record, screen share anything on my laptop because I scale the display and the W roots implementation just kind of breaks on scaled displays. Okay. It's, it's unable to send a single frame, basically. Ah, so the only useful. thing I can screen share is a window, because my own implementation of the screen copy protocol and by extension the window copy protocol mm -hmm. better, apparently. Uh, yeah, so like on Hyperland, you can currently screen share a monitor and a window, mm -hmm. but you will be able, able to screen to screen share also a region in like the following days, probably. Mm -hmm. We are here ahead, and in the same vein, you will be able to use global shortcuts whenever people start implementing them. And mm. then I'll write an implementation in Hyperland because it's 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 not really a big deal. It's it's pretty easy. Didn't Hyperland already have some sort of thing beforehand, or I'm a Think of something else. Yes, but when apps start supporting the global shortcuts portal, they probably will stop supporting the legacy method. What? How um, did the legacy method the, actually work? The legacy method works basically like X11. It just kind of listens for the key presses that you do. Right. And whenever it matches, it matches. Okay. okay but on Wayland, since when a window is unfocused, it doesn't get any events. It doesn't get any events. Um, and the portal, it's the reason why it can't really do both at the same time, or at least why it would be really, really weird for it to do so, mm -hmm. is due to how the protocol, the portal actually works. It's really weird for someone that doesn't really do computers, but it mm -hmm. makes sense in the standpoint of security because Wayland, everything is security. Yeah. And um, because an app, whenever it wants global short, uh, shortcuts, 
be on the app. Whenever it opens, it will send through DBus to your XDG desktop portal a list of shortcuts that you can use in the app. So for example, OBS will send, I don't know, play, pause, record, yep. stream, stuff like that. And then uh, the, the portal will pass them onto the compositor and the compositor is tasked with handling how to bind them. Mm -hmm. So the protocol, the app, does never knows what the keys are bound to. So the only events that it receives is this key got just pressed, this yeah. key got released. That's basically why on KDE that has implemented this, the shortcuts for apps that use those global shortcuts are in the KDE settings, and right. not in the apps. Because the app cannot know what the shortcut is bound, it cannot bind it to anything, it just knows whenever, whenever it gets pressed and whenever it gets released. That's it. Mm -hmm. Which, from a standpoint of security, of course, the app can't snoop on your keys, but from a standpoint of typical Windows user, it probably is unintuitive because a typical Windows user goes into OBS and has in OBS a list of keys that he can just assign to stuff. Meanwhile, yeah. here, it's just, it's just going to be like probably like you go to this hotkeys and it's like probably hotkeys are managed by your operating system and then click here and then it mm, opens KDE okay. settings or whatever. Because I think there is also a method to open settings. Mm -hmm. So it can just ask the compositor to open settings and it opens the keybind key settings. Yep. So yeah, implementation of this, really simple. It will take me like probably like four hours or something to do. So like a day or two. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's no big deal. But I currently have better things to work on than shortcuts that won't be really used for a while. Yeah. And I won't have a great test client because the only test client is the KDE test client, which I don't like. Mm -hmm. It only makes one shortcut and it's not actually a real world example. <laughs> I like yep. testing things with real world stuff. We like act because it's kind of like with driving. Mm -hmm. I don't have a driver's license, but people that, that, that got a driver's license, my friends, mm -hmm. tell me that after you you actually do your driving license exam and like all the classes and all the practical stuff, you start noticing how absolutely dumb and absolutely yeah. batshit insane things people can do on the road. And yep. that's the same case with applications. People can do absolutely the weirdest things with their applications. Mm. That, no, that like, definitely, definitely makes sense, yeah. Remember how I told you about subsurfaces, right? That apps can open a subsurface, like yes, a yes. menu or something. All browsers, for whatever reason, leave their primary window surface completely transparent mm -hmm. and draw everything on a full window subsurface. Why? Yeah, why? That's a good question. It messes with my animation system. I still haven't fixed that. It's like a nine-month-old bug that it kind of resize independently. I don't know why they do that. No clue, but they do. Uh, is this it, both it, on the Chromium and the yes. Firefox side? Yes, Firefox and oh, Chromium. Okay, both. sure. I could have understood if it was just one or the other, but there's... There has to be a reason if they both do it, then. Surely. There has to be a reason. I, I, I still don't know what the reason is, though. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's really weird. That's and yeah, subsurfaces are just one cause of, of my misery. Mm -hmm. we, uh, we've had two. We. Oh, okay. My, 19th, my 19 personalities. Um, we have had 
two super annoying issues mm -hmm. on Hyperland that were driving me insane for two months uh, for two weeks each because I made a typo and I couldn't notice it for two weeks. So you know how WL Roots is a C library. Right. And we all know how safe and secure and <laughs> memory amazing is C. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Memory safety in C doesn't exist. Yeah. Anyway, so when you pass something to C, it will treat it at face value. If mm -hmm. it expected something, it expected that thing and nothing else. Mm -hmm. And okay, the problem is when you pass something that is that it did not expect. Well, you get usually just a segvault or a bug in the in the in the function or something something. Yep, yep. Well, well, yeah. I made two typos in the history of Hyperland, and yeah, both were really annoying to track down. <laughs> One of them, it was like Hyperland was like a month old or something, and I was writing implementations for the subsurface trees. Mm -hmm. So I could track them, I could damage them properly, I could send input to, uh, like input to them properly and stuff like that, because otherwise it was just pretty bugged. It was pretty bugged. And um, when a subsurface was destroyed, mm -hmm. instead of connecting the handler for the destroy, I connected a different handler accidentally. Mm-hmm. I think I, I, I connected like the layer surface handler for destroy instead of the subsurface handler for destroy. And I couldn't find this typo for two weeks. And I read through that part of code like at least five times before I noticed that it said layer surface destroy and not subsurface destroy. And the bugs that was crashing in completely random places, which mm. usually means a race condition, but it didn't in this case. So you would just basically, oh, I was doing, I, I, I opened a, a, a menu in, in Firefox, I closed mm. it, and then like 15 seconds later, the compositor crashed because a random list in a random place in Core Wayland got corrupted. Right. I was like, uh... Um, so yeah, that took me two weeks to track down. I was like, never again. Mm -hmm. Then it happened again. <laughs> this time I connected, no, this time I connected the correct event handler, uh -huh. but it was for layer surfaces. And even better, I never had the issue. Other people did. Oh, that's and always fun. Even better, even better, it worked on Wayland core wayland like 0 0.22 mm -hmm. and it broke on core wayland 0 0.23 without any input from me mm -hmm. and broke for other people and not for me I so see. the issue was that instead of attaching my handler for layer surface destroy to the layer surface destroy event mm -hmm. i attached it to the layer surface surface destroy event which got called later meaning that the things that I was trying to operate on were already freed, mm -hmm. which caused issues. And apparently not for me, because my PC is heap use after free resistant or something. I don't know. <laughs> it just, yeah, it took me like another two weeks to track down. I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. never again. And knock on wood, it has not happened again. <laughs> There's plenty of time for it to happen still. You know, it can happen at some point.
I mean, it could be happening right now, <laughs> but I, I don't think it is. I hope not. Oh, God. I'm, like, wrapping everything now from WL Roots that I mm. can in, like, C++ types, because mm. they are so much more safer. In the early days, I would not wrap, like, event handlers in C++ types. Mm. So... Whenever a window was created, I would connect the events. Whenever the window was destroyed, I would disconnect the events. Mm. Still caused it to randomly crash, so crash sometimes on a null event handler, or a non-existent event handler, or a non-freed event handler. How? I don't know. Then I wrapped it in a C++ class mm. that when the class got destroyed, it would destroy the event handler and unlink it. Mm. It suddenly fixed itself. Wow, crazy. I don't know where was the, the one path that suddenly didn't unlink the event handler, but the compiler fixed it for me, I guess. Like, you, people like to shit on C and C++ because, hmm, my Rust is so memory safe. Yeah, but, like, the problem is C. Like, C++, when done correctly, mm -hmm. maybe doesn't look the best, but it's actually pretty memory safe. If you do stuff correctly, if you do stupid things, then it's mm. not. Which, right. guess, is a pro for Rust, because in Rust, even if you do stupid stuff, unless you wrap it in unsafe, um, it can't be, like, memory unsafe. It's the bubble wrap While language. While in C++, Meanwhile, in C++, if you do something stupid, mm -hmm. whether you realize it or not, you've you've done something stupid. Yeah. Which can later come and kick you in the ass. Mm -hmm. It does happen. Uh, I can see that. The longer you write... No, it's, uh, no these, these memory faults are, are the, the, the fault of, of C, yeah, not, fair enough. Not, not, okay, not, yeah. not, not keeping track of stuff that you plug. Basically, like, half of the stuff in WROOTS just takes random pointers and assumes ah. that the pointers are correct. Okay, right, right, um, right. So, yeah, in C++, when you, when you actually wrap stuff and, like, check the types, so, like, you have the compiler guarding the types of stuff that is plugged in. So, in C++, we don't just... Uh, pass random void pointers to functions and expect them yep. to be correct. No, we actually check the type. We don't pass random void pointers. I mean, sometimes we do, but it's generally not a good idea. Mm -hmm. So, like, I really like C++. I know that people like to shit on C++ and say that Rust is better. No! One reason why Rust is not better than C++ mm -hmm. is that I don't have 10 years of experience in Rust. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair, yeah. And also, like, a lot, like, probably like 30% or more of everything you use on a daily basis runs on C or C++. Mm -hmm. the, like, you can't hide that fact that Linux is written in C, uh, Dbus is written in C, Wroots is written in C, Mutter is written in C, K1 is written in C++, kind of like everything almost you use is somehow written in C. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, it can be written in Python, but then Python is written in C. And then you realize how everything runs in C. Does that mean that Rewrite we should Rewrite it all in Rust. Rust. No. Rewrite everything no, in see, Rust. See, I, I, I made a tweet once on, on Twitter. That's a bad uh, idea. I, I don't use Twitter that much, but mm -hmm. I once made a tweet. And I said that, and I, I, I basically said Rust pros. And I was like, memory safe, mm -hmm. more difficult mm -hmm. to make a stupid mistake. Uh, 
better syntax for beginners. Right. The C++ syntax templates. Oh. Uh, yeah, C++ is a little then rough, yeah. Rust cons the community, the community, and the community. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that went over well. <laughs> I I mean, I don't know. I don't have many followers, That's but fair. I got a couple likes. <laughs> just I know that it's just the few bad apples that mm -hmm. spoil the entire image of Rust, mm -hmm. but Rust being that bubble wrap children toy language mm -hmm. compared to something like C++, because it's not a toy language, but compared to something like C or C++, it is a toy language because it holds your hand a lot. Mm -hmm. It's, it's going to attract people that, of course, know less about mm -hmm. coding, so they're newer. And who's going to be newer to code? Uh, young people. And young people tend to be, uh, how we say that, weird. Well, I, I mean, I'm also, okay, I'm, I should be probably digging my own grave by now. Mm -hmm. But um, I wouldn't call myself normal. But yeah, then you have, the problem is that you have Rust, mm -hmm. and then you're going to have the people that are, well, off the average to the left and off the average to the right. And you will always find people to annoy you. Mm -hmm. So regardless whether you are a far-right conservative or a uh, a far-left, blue-hair, I don't know, freedom LGBT lover, you are going to find something, someone to piss you off in the community. Mm. Although I, I feel like way more of the far-left goes to Rust, probably because modern youth is mostly far-left, like farther left than, it, than, 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 well, people older than us used to be. Especially if, if you're looking at the... Places like, you know, Silicon Valley, you know, is Silicon Valley. Like, oh God. yeah. Um, but let's, let's shift back away from that. Let's, uh, let's, let's go back over to the Hyperland stuff. Um, yes. When you Politics. first... Topics for a podcast. It's <laughs> not the best idea. Hyperland. Welcome to you... the FTX podcast. Today we're going to talk about Ethereum. <laughs> I can just uh, go talk to Luke Smith. He can go shield Monero to me. Um, so when you first started Hyperland, you created the project, you opened it up in uh, VS Code or whatever. Where did you go from there? What did you go to first to like work out what you were going to do? Well, before that, I need to show that I do not use Neo Vim or Vim. I use VS Code. I'm a proud VS Code user. Mm -hmm. Um, what a how? Um, so first, I tried seeing like the the simplest implementations that I mm. could have. So I didn't go into Sway because Sway is like forty five thousand lines of code. I am not yep. going to read through the entirety yep. of Sway just to make just to start. Mm. So just like, okay, I'm I'm gonna go and see first the tiny WL, which mm. is. WL roots like 900 lines of code, the absolute bare minimum for mm -hmm. a display server. Uh, it's like their example of those 900 lines of code, like 500 are comments. Um, right. So it's like really, really small. So I basically read through it and I was like, okay, I'll need to do this, this, and this. Absolutely. And then I went into DWL, mm -hmm. which is like DWM for Wayland. And well, um, 
the the code styling of DWM and DWL is absolutely atrocious. But well, painfully reading through that, um, I managed to get like a rough idea of what WL roots uh, works like, mm -hmm. and so I designed like a like a small plan for how to make this compositor. I was like, okay, I made Hyper. It's gonna be a bit similar because we still need to manage Windows, so do this stuff, this animations, blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. And so I made a, a really rough uh, base for just as as I started with Hyper, just to render a window on the screen. Mm -hmm. uh, I copy and pasted the config manager because. Why would I write a new one? Mm -hmm. um, because the old one just worked, and uh, and then and then I started building on top of that. I implemented basic stuff like filing and animations mm -hmm. and just the absolute bare minimum. We had uh, animations. animations is the absolute bare minimum. I we had animations, pseudo tiling, like transparency, borders, uh, dynamic tiling way bar all that stuff before i fixed the firefox crashing your display server bug whenever you open the context menu yeah. <laughs> and the even better part i was using hyperland as my daily driver oh, regardless of the fact that whenever i opened a, hyper, uh, a firefox context menu i would crash how the, the solution to that was to not open a firefox context menu <laughs> how long into hyperland existing did it take you to start daily driving it like that weeks or something oh god yeah <laughs> someone it, had to do it, it i guess uh, it, it was really painful at the beginning i mean it wasn't that painful it was just like i guess that's your you motivation to make it work well <laughs> couldn't do a couple things it was just like I knew that I just can't open settings in Firefox or I have to accept my fate of crashing in 15 seconds. <laughs> so I was just like, yeah, I'm just not going to open Firefox settings. Uh -huh. I don't need them anyways. <laughs> I can just do Firefox colon slash slash settings. Yeah, it works, I guess. Um, yeah, so that, that was pretty fun. Um, I think I made a Unix porn post mm -hmm. after like a month of developing Harperland. Um like oh, already wow. showcasing the animations and stuff and it got like 2000 upvotes. Uh, it was really bare bones back mm -hmm. then, but I you already had like wallpapers and animations and all that fancy stuff. Yeah. Yep. Um and then after like another month I made another Unix porn post where I already had blur Rounded corners, um, multiple layouts, I think, st stuff like that. I was just basically showcasing stuff, mm -hmm. the dynamic config and stuff. And that post, I think, still is like the top three or top four of the year. Wow. In porn. It, 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 got, it got a lot of uh, upvotes. Let me actually check how many. Uh, if you can send me the post, I, 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 hope you, I hope you won't get demonetized for me saying porn. Uh, I don't um, make money on this channel anyway, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I, I go to Unix Porn and the first thing I see yeah, is a Hyperland post. <laughs> yeah, the, the fourth the fourth post of this year, 11 months ago. Uh, so I actually made that made that post one month after I made Hyperland. That was her. Yeah, wow. it already had like rounded corners, blur, mm -hmm. uh, like moving windows for your mouse or all that stuff. Uh, um, oh, here it is. 
Uh... I, I, I got like wow. 50 rewards. <laughs> it, it, was, it was like, um, I think like it was less than two months. It was like one and a half months probably. Uh-huh. Um, like, does it actually show the date? Oh yeah, it does. April 11th. Uh, wait, so that's, that's like 28 days after I made Hyperland. Oh my god! After a month, after I made her, yeah. Um, that was that was a pretty pretty quick one. Mm-hmm. Uh, my 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 title scheme was uh, was uh, to that one guy that asked me to make a Wayland compositor, refer- re- referencing that uh, that one guy that was very nice and kind mm-hmm. with his words. Oh, it's that one guy. Developing Wayland compositor, I am. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um. I think he actually went on to slander me on the internet, saying like uh, that I was, uh, I was saying that you know Wayland is garbage and I'll never work on it or something. I remember mm-hmm. reading a comment like that once that, oh, it's very hilarious that this guy has a Wayland compositor because when I uh, when I told him to use Wayland on his Xorg window manager post, he said that Wayland is garbage and that he will never use it. Uh, meanwhile, my comment was literally like. Yeah, man. I mean, if if I get arsed enough to to you know to to start developing in Wayland, mm-hmm. I I I just might. I no. I never said that Wayland is bad. Why would I say that Wayland is bad when I didn't even know back then what the hell Wayland was? That's Literally such a was quick like, what transition. What the hell is though. Wayland? And I googled Wayland. It's like a display server protocol. I was like, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like uh, people. Go to a bit of a stretch to um to slander me online because uh, the problem is you're getting too much attention. That's the problem. If this was a little positive that no one cared about, I'm getting a fun. lot of attention. But I'm I'm also probably uh, I have to admit I'm not the nicest developer ever because when someone annoys me, I tell them to fuck off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I. Mm, yeah. Look, I prefer we... that rather than the passive aggressive GNOME approach. Oh god, no. I prefer that I would prefer to be called the worst racial slur than to be ghosted. Like because ghosting literally tells me nothing. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, when you call me stupid mm-hmm. and the n-word, I at least know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, if you ghost me, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, we also, you're a... very aware to just stop paying attention to the argument. Like, if, if that's the only thing they have, it's not like, yeah. oh, this is why you're wrong about this. This is the exact thing. No, it's you're dumb. Like, okay, you're uh, sure. Are we just throwing leave words it, yes. around? Like, what, what are we doing here? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna so... go back to making this compositor. Uh, goodbye now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the the thing we had a bit. Mm. So we have a Discord server, mm. which is currently at like two thousand people for some reason. Jesus! <laughs> yeah, like I started at like fifteen. I started one person, obviously, but then w- sure. within like a week, we got like fifteen people, and I got reminded that we have a lot of people when I checked it one day, and I noticed, oh wait, we have like nine hundred members, and I was like, yeah. And then I checked it once again, just mm-hmm. out of the blue. I was like, oh, how many people do you have on Discord? I checked it like two weeks ago, and I was like, 1,800. Yeah, like, don't, don't look what? at those numbers. They're not good for you. <laughs> just, ign- just ignore the number. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that, we have like 2,000 people in the Discord server now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so on the Discord server, we have we have we had a very loose set of rules. It was like basically 
follow Discord's TOS, mm -hmm. don't be an asshole, and don't say that Hyperland is a clone of i3, or else I'll ban you. Because um, <laughs> we, we had problems with that. Oh, and there is also a rule to never ping me, because I hate being pinged. That's fair enough. Um, and so we have had a very minimal set of rules. So we had people that would kind of indulge in questionable conversations about nothing or about animal excrements in hashtag general or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and we had a bunch of incidents where someone would join, be very racist or whatever, and then get banned. Mm -hmm. um, but like generally, whenever someone is like not serious or just lightheartedly joking or whatever, as long as it follows Discord's TOS, so mm -hmm. he doesn't literally threaten that that he will bomb an orphanage, mm -hmm. um, we will allow it. Sure. And that was a bit of a problem <laughs> because um, me, including the mod team, took that very to heart mm -hmm. and we weren't the nicest people. <laughs> um Sometimes when someone was was really stupid, it it could get to that point that it would borderline on bullying someone, um, <laughs> for just for just telling them that they're literally dumber than like than like they have a lower IQ than room temperature. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so uh, oh, suddenly, well, well, it had to end, mm -hmm. and. Because as the Discord server was growing, it was like probably like two weeks ago, actually. Mm -hmm. um, I got an email on 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 my uh, on my Vaxry email, mm -hmm. uh, and I noticed the the author of the email, the sender, mm -hmm. was one of the big boys of Wayland. And the title, Hyperland Community. I was like, Oh God. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, oh no. <laughs> I open the mail and I just see Hey Vaxry. Very cool Wayland compositor you have there. <laughs> Hope W Roots has been to your liking. That said, there has been some mentions that transphobia is being tolerated on the Hyperland community Discord server. Mm -hmm. Do you wanna talk about that? I was like, hell no, I don't want to talk about that, but I can't reply that way. <laughs> and so we had a bit of a chat mm -hmm. in which, I mean, fair enough, some of his points were okay. Some of his mm. points were kind of like, well, he's sticking his nose and, you know, not his, not it's not his business. Um, but as a result of that, we made a poll on the Discord server asking people whether they felt harassed or attacked on the Discord server, mm -hmm. and um, sixty percent of people said no, but mm -hmm. forty percent of people said yes, mm -hmm. which is a considerable chunk of the two thousand that we have. Uh, and so we edited the rules, saying that uh, don't be an asshole uh, for real. Mm -hmm. uh, and now we stopped being that much of assholes, and I think it's kind of settled down. Because I remember um, one of the pers one of the people that well i won't name them mm. won't name them because it's not i'm not naming here anyone but the reason why the wayland big boy uh mailed me was because one of the people that joined our discord server uh, got kind of laughed at mm -hmm. and uh and i know who that is because 
they've been so open and loud about it mm -hmm. that it's borderline hilarious. So first, I think I think actually you you might probably know them, but mm -hmm. I remember seeing them on like I think like a forum, either Reddit or somewhere else, uh, under your I think under your or someone else's Hyperland video, mm -hmm. and uh, in like in like another Discord server, they were just saying that Hyperland developers are the most transphobic, bigoted, terrible people online. Mm -hmm. Basically, they were like saying that in multiple places, um, and apparently this news uh, reached the Wayland committee, um, uh, right. of which one of the big boys decided, oh, I'm gonna mail that guy. Why the entire thing? Because um, they joined the Discord server, they made a big deal out of their pronouns. Um, one of the moderators, because they put their pronouns in their nickname mm -hmm. and made a big deal out of them whenever someone was... Uh, because people were referring to them as he, mm -hmm. which on the internet, let's be real, is a default. Um, and so they edited their pronouns. And so one of the moderators changed their pronouns in their nickname to who slash cares. Mm -hmm. And the best part, um, yeah, I, I, I noticed that everyone was changing their nicknames, so I disabled changing nicknames on the right. server for people that don't have an activity role of, like, above something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that nickname of their, of their, of their, of their stayed. Mm -hmm. Who cares? And they got pissed, and they just left. And that was the entire thing. Uh, yes, that was very unprofessional. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, let's be real. Of like, oh, meh. Not really like, you know, s s calling other people the N-word or something. I, I understand I that look, it was I can probably see why not... I can absolutely see why they got offended by that. And like, that, uh, I, I can agree with that's a really an unprofessional way to handle that. Uh, yeah. um, if and there I, is yeah. that many people on the server that... It, kind of feel like you know it's a bit of a toxic place maybe at that point you know it's it's worth thinking about yeah. the way you're approaching stuff i agree that's why, that's why the, this mail kind of ended this very toxic mm. phase of the discord server mm. and i started muting the the most active people every now and then for like being over the board because yeah. i remember I, i'm currently first year university so I was on a tutorial. I was I, I had my laptop open on hyper development because I was just replying to someone and then I went over to help someone. Mm. And when I came back, one of the guys had, you know, this massive PNG of like 3D text saying child porn. <laughs> it's it's just the text. 3D massive text, child porn. Uh-huh. And he sent like Ten of those, with each of them being something different, equally stupid. Like okay. then, like gay sex, and and uh -huh. other stuff, and like like ten of those images. And I was like, I'm in a tutorial. I have my laptop open, and this is what I come back to. Guy got muted mm -hmm. for like a week because it's it's kind of like that that thing that we would probably let slide for. Mm -hmm. But it was right after that change, so no, it was like mm -hmm. over the board. So yeah, so we kind of changed 
how the Discord server operates. It's way less of a toxic hellhole now, I would say. Yeah. But it probably still isn't like Unix porn Discord server levels of... Sure, sure. Everyone is gonna lick your butthole just to be nice. Um, Do they even install uh, each other's screenshots thing, there? I don't even know. Unix porn, Unix porn Discord server was in emergency mode a couple days ago uh -huh. because... Uh, I think, you know, uh, Elkawar, El WW creator? El no, I don't know. The guy that made EWW, which is widely used. Oh, everywhere. okay, yeah, um, yep, yeah. Elkawar, yeah, uh, he's like a, I think a moderator or an administrator mm -hmm. of the Unix porn Discord server. He got spotted, he joined the Hyperland Discord server and made a Hyperland rise within like 12 hours of joining and mm -hmm. chatted for quite a while, and people on the Unix porn Discord server went into emergency mode because they were like, is Elkowar going to leave us for Hyperland? Really? And then I remember one of the guys that got like, oh, I remember uh, one guy, it was very, very, very long ago, like nine months ago or something. Mm -hmm. One guy joined our Discord server, was very annoying, very disrespectful. So I replied with being very annoying, very disrespectful towards yep. him. So we had a massive argument. And now he thinks that I'm an asshole and I think that he's an asshole. And we're both probably right. And I remember this guy literally replied to that and said that if Elkor chooses Hyperland over Unix porn, he's going to ditch EWW and do something, something and never come back to Unix porn. <laughs> I was like, damn, brother. What is this? Pretty, pretty serious. You can be in multiple places at once. I don't know what what the confusion yeah, there is. Also, I've not heard of this project before. This is actually pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Hmm. I don't use it, but I would make my bar in it if it had a tray. But a tray is still a PR. Right. Um. Oh, God. I'm trying to find that one message him but i probably will not find it now annoyingly because whenever Never. i try to find something i can't and whenever i don't want to find something yep i will yep uh, oh yeah there is also this one comment someone saying that hype uh, <laughs> i noticed that hyperland is unoptimized af after moving to sway effects which uh Posted in hyper development and had a had, had a good laugh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there there we there we go. Yeah, I've hmm. been informed that Elkawar uh, will abandon the Unix porn community in favor of the Hyperland Discord server. Oh, <laughs> and someone replied, "WTF? Hyperland's dev is a huge dick, and the conversation happened here Sorry. already multiple times." And then the guy that I told you about. Mm -hmm. Replied to that. I've been informed that if that happens, Elkawar will lose all my respect and can go F himself. <laughs> Look, to be honest, you are a bit of a dick, but like, sure, whatever. It doesn't matter. I make software. I'm mm. I'm not here to be... You, you, you know Terry A. Davis, right? Um, yes, I'm very aware of Terry A. Davis. <laughs> you know his attitude. <laughs> There was, there was this one clip online where he got a phone call mm -hmm. and basically called the other person, like, the N-word ten times, and people in the comments just said, Temple OS customer support. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of, of me and, like, yeah, people that ask stupid questions. Mm -hmm. Although we, we have a .wiki command now to just send people to the wiki.
that's good. The wiki is amazing. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's always great when people ask questions that are like tagged. People like to shit on the wiki. Mm -hmm. People just can't read the wiki because... Okay, to be fair... They failed the third grade. To be fair, when I did my video on Hyperland, there was a bit of the wiki that was completely out of date. I was, I was very confused about it. Um... No, 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 your Hyperland version was out of date. The the wiki was up to date. The, now the wiki has versions, like literally two days oh, after you made your video, oh, wiki, version wiki. Oh, lovely. Did they get added because of the video? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, basically, when I... Uh, I remember when you said that you were making a Hyperland video, me and one of my moderators, which is a good friend of mine, mm -hmm. Buffy, um, we were every single day at like, I think 8 p.m. for me and like, like 9 p.m. for him. We were just refreshing your channel to see if this is the day when you post that damn Hyperland video. I'll make and, another one again and, at some point as well, but... Uh, I, and, I, yeah, and one day it just appeared it did. and literally like within probably like four hours, like half of the things that you mentioned I fixed. And then like the next day I made version wiki. I mm -hmm. think that was it. Like, every single thing that you complained about was addressed. Like, a version wiki isn't a super important thing, but having that there is just so nice when, like, when you are dealing with, you know, especially if, if it does eventually get shipped on something that moves a little bit slower, like an Ubuntu, things like that. Uh, Maybe not Ubuntu. Won't. No, it won't. Okay, but one of the, like, the, the, the flavors, like, there's gonna be it like won't. an unofficial flavor at some, or like there'll be, there'll be some sort of Debian-based distro or something like that that moves slower. <laughs> that's not Arch Linux. Like it'll be somewhere that no. isn't Arch Linux or Gen two, where you know unless, you're not gonna be on the latest we, version. Unless we get off of WL roots Git, mm. it will not happen. Unless someone is really dedicated to keeping that up, because. We still depend on wroots git. We don't mm. use version wroots. Right. And so I keep a list of distros that have explicitly by like either a member of the distro or like a trusted user in the case of Arch or a similar thing, entity, mm -hmm. have explicitly denied packaging Hyperland. Mm -hmm. And currently we have Alpine, Void, and Arch. Arch Linux denied packaging <laughs> Hyperland. And I, I, I just want you to go to go currently, currently, go, go to AUR, mm -hmm. it's aur.archlinux.org, and click on packages. Uh, okay. Read the name of the first package. Oh, I, I don't even have to, I just see the, um, what do you call it, the, the description of the website, the first package is Hyperland. Yes. It, it, it beats Yay and Paru. It is the combined. Most popular package. Combined. <laughs> it's the most popular package by like the second pop most popular package is Octopi, which is a Pac-Man front end. Yeah, okay. And Hyperland has has like 50% more to popularity. To be fair, the top four, okay, the, the top five packages, only one of them isn't related to Pac-Man. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hyperland. All right then. Yeah, and and uh, and a trusted user denied and mm. said that probably no one will package it for mm. Arch because we bundle W roots, mm. which yes, kind of the the problem most people have is just the fact that you're kind of ripping away 
that package, mm -hmm. that WROOTS is a package. But another issue is that WROOTS Git often depends on very new versions of other things. Right. And I remember one time, like, for example, people have unofficial, like, packages on Fedora's Coper for Hyperland. Mm -hmm. We'll have those. But every now and then, it breaks because libdrm is out of date. Right. Or something else is out of date. Or libdisplayinfo doesn't compile on Fedora unless you use the 1.0 version, mm -hmm. which works, but you can't use the default one. And yeah, they have those issues. On I remember someone got it to work on Ubuntu mm -hmm. by compiling GCC, Wayland, Wayland Server, Wayland Core, Wayland Protocols, WLRoots, and Hyperland. So uh -huh. You had to basically recompile the entire stack, the entire Wayland stack, plus have to uh, compile GCC because mm. GCC is too old. But it works on, on Debian Unstable. So, uh -huh. well, that's cool. <laughs> oh, because, because Hyperland uses GCC that's like... Uh, not even a year old. Like mm. we use twelve, we use GCC twelve. Mm -hmm. We require GCC twelve, which has been out since like July twenty twenty two. And I remember we started using it in like December twenty twenty two, which mm. made a lot of people mad, uh, because, uh, for example, Void Linux is stuck on GCC nine, so it just yep. wouldn't compile. So a bunch of people had to compile GCC in order to compile Hyperland. You literally had to compile a compiler to compile something. Yeah, that was fun. I'm, uh, I'm sure that was. That... <laughs> and currently, we even, uh, we even, I don't know why we, we have an LLVM bug and it doesn't compile under LLVM under Clang uh -huh. because of a, like uh, I think, have to use a different lib C lib std C than Clang's. Because Clangs has a bug that makes Hyperland not compile. <laughs> so, like, yeah, that's that's pretty nice. Uh, I'm glad we only officially support GCC. Mm -hmm. So, people that are on uh, on GCC systems can go f themselves. Well, n n yeah, that's that's problem. Like, they can work it out the themselves. more people yeah, if they want to maintain it, using I'm sure you can appreciate the sport. Yeah, the the more people. Uh, like for example, the 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 more people use Hyperland, the more I see how everything that I've made for the build system to work and for the thing to work is getting picked apart by different distros just to adapt to yeah. their own thing. So I have one guy, uh, I think Jibich is his uh, username on GitHub, mm -hmm. that. Whenever I break something for FreeBSD and Dragonfly and NetBSD or whatever other operating system uh -huh. on the BSD family, he'll just storm in with a with a merge request being uh -huh. like, oh, hey, th this actually is not used on BSD, so just a merge request, which is pretty cool. I appreciate oh, that yeah. because, you know, I don't have to figure it out myself. Mm -hmm. And whenever I do something that I know or suspect is going to break on the BSDs, I just tag him. Uh, and be like, oh, this this might break BSDs, you know? Um, and, oh God, Gen 2 has an e-build, or multiple e-builds for Hyperland. Some of them literally patch Hyperland to work on versioned WL roots. Okay, that's pretty cool. Okay. Um, but it's probably going to break someday or require a lot of rewriting or stuff. Yeah, 
I think also BSD does that. Also BSD mm. patches like Hyperland for that. And then, and then you have like tons of other patches for the package build to be different. Mm. Then you have the Nix flake that Fuffy maintains. I remember once, I think one of the dependencies on Nix was outdated. I think it was mm. libdrm. And I remember I was like, hey, so why is the, the CI failing continuous integration? We have like, yeah, yeah. Uh, whenever I commit, it compiles the code and we have Arch and Nix. Mm -hmm. And on Arch, it would be succeeding. And on Nix, it would be failing. Mm -hmm. I was like, hey man, why is it failing? And he's like, oh yeah, because one of the packages is outdated and he <laughs> linked me a merge request to the Nix repositories to update the package. Mm -hmm. and, and I was just like, yeah, okay, but it's just a package update. Can't you like override it uh, like you do in Nix? He's like, yeah, I did that. Then why is it still compiling? Why is it compiling for 40 minutes? Because it was compiling for 40 minutes. And then he was like, yeah, look at the merge request. And I and I clicked on the merge request and in the tags that automatically a bot assigns, it said, recompile needed 10,000 plus. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, so, so so that's why, because basically by overriding this one version, you had to recompile pretty much the entire operating system. That was funny. Yep. I don't know what happened in Nix. Nix is pretty weird. Um, but yeah, that was pretty funny. I thought that Nix handled dependencies pretty well, you know, multiple versions, one system and stuff. Apparently something went very wrong. Mm -hmm. But... One of the things recently that broke BSDs, but I want to mention because it's one of the coolest things I've done in Hyperland yet, mm -hmm. is the plugin system. We okay. have a plugin system now. Huh. And it's not like scripts like we used to do before, which right. you, you can still do because scripts are super easy to do. You can just write a script that just executes a hypercontrol command and just sends something or listens huh. to like events. But now you can write plugins that directly interact with the code base. Okay. You can you can basically do anything you want the code base and you can also do function hooks which so a lot like the way awesome does it or am i misunderstanding it i've never really worked with awesome but okay. awesome is just written in lua yeah it and has um like all of its configuration is just in lua yeah but can, yes it exposes everything kind of. in the code base like with lua from my yeah. understanding so plugins are basically that kind of thing but the thing with plugins mm -hmm. is, I think with Awesome, if since it's written in Lua, you probably can hot reload stuff. If you change something, you can just save it and like reload something and it will mm -hmm. probably apply. But in Hyperland, since we're written in C++, we can't just embed Lua because that would be basically the same thing as, as shell scripts. Yeah, yeah. If you want to expose the entire code base, the plugins are written in C++ and are compiled okay. to shared objects, like .so files, mm -hmm. that you can just inject with hypercontrol into Hyperland and huh. eject them. So you can dynamically shuffle them. And they expose the entire code base, and you can also do function hooks, which are really cool. So you can take any function in Hyperland's code and basically... Hook works like this. So when you have a function, you place your own hook, so your own your own function gets called whenever that function would be called mm -hmm. instead of the original function. And you can call the original function later, but so you can modify its inputs, outputs, you can stop it from executing, you can write your own logic, whatever. Just exposes a lot of things. For example, making your own layout plugin, really simple. A guy within like a week made a plugin to support the river protocol yeah, for it, yeah. window managers in Hyperland, which is really cool. And 
within like two days, a guy made a plugin to manage plugins in Hyperland. Yeah. Yeah. And and now it's he said that it's actually ready for version one because it can update itself. So a plugin that can update itself on a running Hyperland, mm. manage other plugins and update them on a running Hyperland. That's which is really awesome. cool in my opinion. That is yeah. really awesome. Like, it's really, really cool. It allows you to do a lot of things. Like we have a repository for uh, for official plugins, mm. which includes a plugin for double borders, mm -hmm. which was a feature a lot of people apparently double liked. borders meaning meaning you have one border and then yeah. another border around that. No, I got that part. I mean, like, why would someone want that? I don't know. Some people really like them. Sure. Okay. <laughs> um. Actually, when when like two days after I released the plugin system, someone on Discord asked double borders when, and I just linked them the official plugin that I wrote within like four hours of the plugin system being online. Um, we also have a plugin for title bars, which was a requested feature. Uh -huh. Um, so like window top bars, like KDE style. Yeah. Um, for some reason. Well, and we have a plugin that I use for uh, CSGO fixed, because CSGO is bugged, and it's a problem with CSGO, and I don't want to put it in the core repository, because it's just a CSGO issue. I see what you so mean about um, double borders. So you have, like, a regular border, and then for some reason you... I guess just a rising thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for a, Well, rising thing, we have gradient borders. <laughs> I don't think I've seen anyone do that. Uh, well, now I've seen a lot of people do that, that Hyperland has it, mm. and a lot of people apparently like it. <laughs> I mean, I use them. They're pretty really? cool. That's actually really cool. And you can animate them. Oh, okay. You can animate the borders, like, spin. <laughs> oh, wow, Eric has a video, the, uh, Arco Linux guy. Okay, let's have a look. Yeah. Of course he does. Eric. Oh, yeah, Eric, Eric, Eric has an issue currently for some reason with 0 0.23. It apparently okay. freezes his entire system for some reason, but I can't repro it. Even I try should, this config. I should just assume that every possible thing to do with Arch is going to have a video from Eric. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. You oh. can animate them. Because people people were really adamant that you should be able to make a spinning border. And I was like, guys, please, Jesus Christ. And they were like, no, please, spinning borders. And I was like, okay. I, I just want you to make border. a full animation framework. Like, what is this? I I had a proposal from someone on Hyperland was like two months old to implement a goddamn physics engine with Windows because he didn't like how animations looked non-realistic because when he yanked a window it didn't behave like a solid body what <laughs> yes me on my way to implement a physics engine for a goddamn wayland compositor look rigid body simulation i would love that that'd be hilarious i mean there is a wobbly windows merge request that yeah someone was working on, but then they didn't know how to do it, How so long until someone asked you to implement every single one of the effects from comp is? Someone has already asked that, and I said no. I am not implementing a goddamn cube. That's like the <laughs> stupidest <laughs> thing you can ever implement. Hit. It's so 2007. What another fun thing? Wayfire's yeah. already done it, so you don't have to really think about it. <laughs> yeah. Wayfire has 
all of the weird animation effects like mm -hmm. fire windows or whatever it's uh, why like it looks very 2007 mm -hmm. like, sorry it just looks very 2007 yeah i'm not a big fan I, I get it why people like it but like it's it's not my thing i get it but i don't want to add unnecessary complexity to the code base just to make it look more 2007 here's what you do right you make a plugin system and let someone else do yes, it. Yes, and ask people to make a plugin. Like, make your own decoration for that. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's so, someone actually uh, uh, <laughs> roast people. Uh -huh. um, we have one guy that maintains uh, the Hyperland community, mm. uh, like GitHub, uh, GitHub. What is it called? Uh, organization. Yep, yep. They they maintain like the awesome Hyperland list, which mm. is really cool. And he also writes stuff in Rust. So he, for example, when we had when we just started doing like the the sockets, so you could do Bash scripts. He made a wrapper in Rust, so you could mm. do like your own scripts in Rust uh, for Hyperland. And uh, and then he made like a couple things in Rust, and. I remember when the plugin system landed, he made a repo called uh, Hyperland Plugins Rust. And it was just called like a placeholder for a Rust wrapper for the Hyperland plugins. And <laughs> it's still empty to this day because I think he realized that a wrapper for a plugin library that the the main point of it, of it giving you more control, is the fact that you can write, that you can interact with the code base. Mm. You can't do that when you wrap it in Rust mm. because you can't read C++ objects from Rust. It's kind of not possible. So, like, you would be throwing away all the upsides of plugins by writing a Rust wrapper, which kind of... why? That's so stupid. I love it, though. Yeah, R Rust people realizing they can't rewrite everything in Rust. <laughs> rewrite Hyperland in Rust. Yeah, some people have suggested that, and I just said no. <laughs> uh, not rewriting Hyperland Rust. You can't use W roots with Rust. The bindings failed. Oh, I was going to say write, write Rust bindings for W roots. No, no, no. Rust uh, Rust bindings for W has failed because of the reason that I told you. It's just that uh, W roots uh, passes everything as void pointers. Right. Which Rust okay. Yeah. Really doesn't like. So the bindings basically failed so, because nothing could be made memory safe. Right. A wrapper for W roots to write a wrapper in Rust. No, it's called Smithy. And it's just W yeah, roots that's written fair. in Rust. That's fair. Written in Rust. Yeah, yeah, if you want to write a composite in Rust, just do do Smithy. It's getting all the attention yeah. from Pop OS right now. I'm sure it'll become better over and time. Because Pop OS wants to base Cosmic on it. Because mm. they, they really don't like GNOME. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, there, there are only two types of people. New Linux users and people that don't like GNOME. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah. So when you started writing Hyper and Hyperland, what sort of experience mm -hmm. did you have in uh, in development? Because you were new to Linux, but I presume you weren't new to like programming just generally. For my age, too much. Mm. So, a little bit of backstory on me. Mm. I am 20. Uh-huh. I should be probably digging my own grave. I know, I know, blah, blah, blah. I already have a grave. 
Um, because I'm you know I'm getting old and stuff. Mm, uh, you know, yeah, back pain. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, osteoporosis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the baby twenty year old. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> average twenty year old back pain and stuff. Um, I uh, so when I was nine years old, uh-huh. I liked I I loved tinkering with computers, and I asked my dad. My dad is an engineer. Uh, and I asked my dad, like, hey, dad, so I can change a wallpaper. I can write a small script. I can fiddle with the files. I can try to edit this and that. But, like, how do I do more? How do I, like, write my own application or something? How do I make my own game, my video game? And he was like, no clue. But I heard that, you know, uh, C++ is a programming language. C was very popular, so C++ could be cool. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, dad, thanks. And this was like right around Christmas, so mm-hmm. I just wrote a letter to Santa and I asked for a, something C++. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Poland, and I'm not currently in Poland, but I'm from Poland, I'm Polish, um, we we kind of have two Christmases. We have mm-hmm. like the Santa Day and we have Christmas. So for Santa Day, it's like 8th of December, you just give small gifts, so like, right. I don't know, $10. And then for Christmas, you, you give the actual gifts, but like the Santa Day is like for kids mostly. Right. So for the center day, I asked something, something C++. And I woke up the next day and I got two books, a thousand pages each, <laughs> titled Symphony of C++. I've not heard Symphony of C++. Okay. Uh, it's, a, it's a Polish book. Okay, right. Uh, it's a Polish book. I don't know uh, if it's yeah. made by a Polish person. Probably. Uh, um, the... That looks like it's, a Polish. It's it's a name that is very very much yes, non-American. Yes, yes, these books. Yeah, Symphony C plus plus standard ISO C plus plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is uh, a cover e- page on it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it, it has two books, two um, two separate volumes. Mm-hmm. Each are like one thousand pages. Jesus, they're like very very long. Mm. And me being a typical nine-year-old with the attention span of a chihuahua, I read both of them. Uh, actually, those okay. remain one of the few books I actually read the entirety of until I was 19. So, uh-huh. uh, so I, I read those and I, I really enjoyed it. And I started, you know, tinkering with stuff. I remember in fourth grade... I would be writing like small utilities. I actually still have two of them. Somehow they survived on my drive. One of them was like a calculator. The other was like a quiz app. And they were all just in in the console. But I would just be writing cool stuff, you know, in fourth, fifth grade. And my IT teacher, uh, who would later kill themselves for some reason, I don't know. Um, uh, uh, He really enjoyed that. He he said that, you know, it it was really cool that I had potential and stuff. And so I, I basically, you know, started like coding some stuff cool stuff. And then I had a bit of a hiatus. I stopped for a mm-hmm. bit because I didn't really find anything. I was in kind of that phase of being a young person mm-hmm. and I saw I could do a lot of things in the console, but I didn't know. I was like, for example, how do I make my own game or something? Right. I just didn't know. And me being a young person, I just assumed that C++ just can only do console stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, well, whatever. And so I stopped for a while. Uh, but then my interest in coding got rejuvenated by uh, questionable activities, uh, which was cheating in online games. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so I, I, I was like, yeah, cheats are pretty cool. Oh, and they're written in C++. Oh, I, I know that. And then, like 2015, I made an account on one of the most popular cheating websites, like where people, forums, where people would discuss cheats and writing cheats and stuff. And I would be writing a lot of my own cheats for video games, which, well, helped me a lot to learn about C++ and how mm. it works and memory hacking. And to this day, I know how to reverse engineer and read assembly and byte patch and all of these things. The hooks that I did in the plugin system, I learned by writing video game cheats. Um, uh, I, when, I, when I had a job in the mo the biggest Polish IT company mm -hmm. uh, at the age of 17. I have to brag about that. Um, um, I, I used IAT hooking for one thing that Windows just sucked at. It was just so annoying because I, when I wanted, if I wanted to get uh, core dumps from the app that crashes, I had to overwrite the Windows core dump thing with my own thing, uh -huh. which I could do by setting an IAT hook, which I learned while writing programs that were borderline malware previously. So I just learned all the worst stuff and then somehow found a way to use it. Um, uh, yeah, disclaimer, I never actually wrote malware. I just wrote things that were borderline <laughs> malware. Yeah, that's only a good disclaimer to have. <laughs> just for fun. Uh, yeah, I, I, was, I was writing like, a, I was writing like, just for fun, like, when I had a cheat, I would I was writing like a loader that would authenticate with like a server and then like monitor the activity on the computer so that someone wasn't trying to dump it or like leak it or crack it or whatever. And yeah, and that kind of worked like malware because it was injecting into like almost every single process on the computer and monitoring itself. <laughs> yeah, that's how I learned this. Uh -huh. Yeah, this is borderline malware. I don't. It's, kinda, it's you know at that point. Sony I don't know DRM if, vibes. I don't know if you. Yeah, Sony you, DRM. <laughs> The borderline is a bit difficult to say there. I never, I never deployed it. I okay. never deployed it. Okay, okay, okay. It was just for me. Uh, I, I never used it on anyone. Allegedly. Except for one of my friends, but he was just in. He No, he was in for the testing. He was just like, right, he wanted okay. to test if it works and he knew everything. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So that's how I learned the stuff. And I, I, I literally copy pasted the code from that thing into my job, in my job, into the thing that I had to fix. And I remember one of my, uh, one of my supervisors, when he was reviewing my merge request, he was like, what the fuck? And I was just like, yeah, don't worry, it works. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it was just, it's just like really complex, complicated, like Windows internals. I was literally digging through structs that were named DOS header to dig through the EXE parameters because Windows for some reason still accepts DOS headers for EXEs. What the hell? But yeah, it, it was, it looked very sus, mm -hmm. but it was just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's my background in programming. Uh-huh. So how did that lead you into Linux eventually? Oh, into Linux? It didn't. Um, okay. I I wrote a bunch of utilities for Windows later because I was like, I wrote Mosaic, mm -hmm. which was pretty cool, which was a program to make mosaics of images. I was just experimenting with SFML, which is like a multimedia library. Mm -hmm. I used it for rendering and stuff. 
so I didn't have to do OpenGL. Um, uh, I experimented with making my own Minecraft utility client, which are commonly known as hat clients, because I play on a certain anarchy server in Minecraft that allows the usage of such clients. Mm -hmm. So I forked one client I made is my it, own. Is it the oldest anarchy server in Minecraft? No, it's the best anarchy server in Minecraft. It's <laughs> 9B90. Ah. Um, so, so yeah, I had a bit of Java here, a bit of C++ in writing apps and stuff. And uh, then when... Actually, I don't. I don't. Remember. Oh yeah, on the nine ninety, yeah, on nine ninety, I met one guy. I may, I met a, a good, a good old friend of mine. We kind of fell apart after like two years. Uh, flammable duck, and he kind of introduced me into Linux. I remember at, at at the beginning, because he was a Linux user. He he used like Endeavor, and um, at the beginning, uh, he was like, oh yeah, why don't why don't you just use Linux and stuff like that? I was like. Yeah, I don't really like how Linux looks like and stuff like that because I when I when I see people use Linux, kind of looks weird. Mm. Um, he was like, "Yeah, no, yeah, no, looks isn't like about Linux. You can it kind of doesn't work like that." And I was just like, "Yeah, everything works in Windows for me for now. I don't know." But then like he he reminded me a couple times, and I just was like, "Oh, that's pretty interesting." And then I asked my another friend of mine actually in Poland that I knew like personally, mm. and he was also using Linux. I was like. I'm gonna try it out. Looks pretty cool. And yeah, and then we had the NVIDIA problem. Um, yeah. But that didn't discourage me. I started using Linux mm -hmm. and I really liked it. And I never booted into Windows on any of my own machines uh, ever again. Hmm. It, it, yeah, so my programming experience didn't kind of lead me into Linux. Mm -hmm. One of my friends led me into Linux. <laughs> and now you write Hyperland and. It's... Yeah, somehow. <laughs> so, what's it been besides, you know, having to deal with the Discord stuff? What's it been like? Just because how quickly did Hyperland sort of take off? Is like the first, I think, the first three months. But look at the graph; like that's when it was sort of really picked up. In the beginning, it had a bunch of bumps, which are usually usually Unix porn posts. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so there was one. Nothing at the like start. Videos? About a month in, it bumped up. Then about. Three months and it got another bump, and then from there it's just progressively grown. Yeah, it's just progressively grown. Just kind of now we got like a like a solid just influx of people because we basically beat Sway when it comes to everything. Yeah. Except maybe some stability issues. Yeah. Though, <laughs> no. To to be honest, like I would say that for like eighty percent of people, mm -hmm. Hyperland is just stable. It's just that those 20% still have occasional issues. Okay, to be fair, uh, I haven't used which... Hyperland in a while, so maybe it's more stable now. The So I was actually going to do a video on Hyperland, I think a month or two earlier than I actually did it. Um, yeah. But when I first looked at it, for some reason, everything was just flickering. I was like, this is... Let's, let's not do it now. Yeah, because you hit those three days when that was an issue. Yeah. Um, so I gave it like a couple of, uh, like a month or so after that. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Okay, it's good. So um, the thing the thing with Hyperland currently is it doesn't crash. Mm -hmm. That's good. It doesn't crash for like, I would say 80% of people, it doesn't crash ever. Mm -hmm. But it still occasionally has things that you wouldn't expect it doing. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know you move a window or full screen a window. I, I can't think of any issues off the top of my head because if I had any issue, I would patch it within 20 minutes. 
Um, but yeah, like those minor issues, like, I don't know, you move a window here and there, it doesn't do exactly what you would expect it to do, stuff mm. like that. But it, it, they aren't like really like fatal issues. Like, you mm. know, your entire display server goes down. Mm, mm. Um, I haven't had Hyperland like properly crash because of Hyperland's fault like months now. Okay. And I mean, like, of actual usage. Because, of course, when I'm developing a feature and I just want to test it in a real session, sometimes it crashes because yeah. I just wrote something wrong. But I'm mm -hmm. just developing it. I didn't push it even. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, those, those... Apart from that, especially if you use the tagged releases, you're, you're pretty much not crashing unless you have a... Unless you have a laptop that, for some reason, disc physically disconnects the monitor when you close the lid. Uh, yeah, that's... I didn't know Mostly fixed. Huh. Mostly fixed. Uh, some laptops actually do. Mine doesn't. Some mm. some do for some reason. Um, and it would cause issues. And it's still an open issue because one person has an issue with that. Because there were like 20 people that had the same issue. Mm -hmm. 19 of those don't have the issue anymore. One of them has. And it's the issue I told you mm. earlier where it's a thing that should never crash. Right. But it does for him somehow so i would say that hyperland is pretty stable now if you are like in those 80 percent of people mm -hmm. if you are in those 20 i don't know of course the precise measurements right sure, sure. then yeah. it still may have some rough edges but i uh, please don't feel intimidated report it on github of course before reporting on github please use the search function because it might be reported already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you crash, please report and get... We have crash reports. They are stored in, in the issue guidelines. They have a path to the crash reports. Send the crash report, and it tells a lot to... I Some crashes, I fix within five minutes. Mm -hmm. Because it's just... Oh, shit, I forgot this may happen. Hey, look, avoid and it's just up. one check for... One, one null check. Yep, yep, That's yep. it, and it's fixed. <clears throat> so, like, a lot of those crashes are just oopsies because i don't have a quality assurance team checking my code yeah 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 every single line i change and i don't want to be like whale and protocols where everything is a merge request that takes 20 years to be merged yeah not the way i want hyperland to take i want no, that, hyperland to be like a, a, a cool a actually like really this kind of multiple features just eye candy open to the user so like mm -hmm. kind of like kd mm -hmm. it just allows the user to do a lot of stuff but like gnome where it prevents user from doing stuff i think a big part of the reason why hyperland sort of gained a lot of attention is there's been this sort of a lot of the existing compositors were kind of just they did one thing really well but they didn't do everything it's like okay if you want to have something rock solid sway it's literally just i3 if you like i3 it's fine if you want something fancy there's wayfire it but there wasn't something where i guess swayfire was a thing but no one really maintained that that much no it wasn't a thing let's be real it just yeah. failed yeah it it was a yeah it existed um yeah the problem with wayfire is that it's mostly treated i think as a toy yeah I yeah. think it's just kind of a proof of concept of what Wayland can do, but like not as an actual thing people would use. Mm -hmm. But then Hyperland comes along. It's like, okay, 
it it's a window manager that has these you know these desktop environment it's, it's, level it's a animations. compositor it's mm. not a window manager what, whatever yes it's a wayland compositor <laughs> it's it's a tiling wayland compositor there we go I, I guess yes, you're also floating, though, so whatever. Um, <laughs> dynamic tiling. Yeah, yeah dynamic tiling, wind, whaling compositor. There we go, sure. I, <laughs> I jump on people for the terminology sometimes as well. It's fun. Um, and I I should go and actually give Hyperland another proper shot just to see what it's like now. Give it, like, you know, a long, you know, month, two months, actually, like, trying to daily drive it just to see what sort of problems end up cropping up and really if yeah. any problems in my day-to-day -day stuff really does yeah obviously there was like there's like 194 open issues currently sure. on the hyperland bug tracker bug tracker so it like i have a lot of things to do but i try to prioritize currently stability so like mm. issues that crash the display server are like real things yeah. to me that i focus on um or like things that produce like very awkward or annoying states for example if if there would be an issue with the layout where for example windows would be invisible mm. that's the, i had an issue a guy reported an issue that if you would move a group so like in uh, in i in i3 or sway i think it's called the tabbed container mm. so if you would move a group from one monitor to another then all the windows that weren't active when you moved the group would be invisible <laughs> And I treat those things really seriously because they, they seriously impact the user because those windows yep. are currently unretrievable. You, mm -hmm. you can't get them back unless you like uh, dissolve the group and then make it again. Mm. So the guy reported the bug and within like six hours, I, I, I made a fix mm -hmm. and closed the issue. Because like those issues that seriously impact the user I take them really seriously and try to fix them just ASAP. Yep, just yep. like, if I know what is causing this, I'll just fix it within a couple hours. Mm -hmm. Because I have no life. No, I, I think... My girlfriend, my girlfriend can attest. <laughs> I, I think the way you're approaching it is... It, it's one of those things that a lot of FOSS projects I've noticed, they do the exact opposite. There's a lot of projects out there that really focus on those fancy you know fancy bells and whistles the fancy effects the fancy whatever but the foundation isn't solid and you oh, had God. those fancy XDG effects early on portal. sorry xdg desktop portal <laughs> but you <laughs> are trying to just make that like if the foundation is solid that's the yes. thing that most people are going to notice most people aren't going to be using every single effect that's there it's cool to have them it does sort of like grab attention on unix porn things like that people won't even discover that they exist exactly yeah you want to you want to have them have a good experience then they can explore the rest of what's available yes. absolutely laying foundation xdg desktop portal mm -hmm. you know that thing right mm -hmm. the problem if you have a uh, WLR or Hyperland backend mm -hmm. on your system and you install KDE or GNOME, uh -huh. it should prioritize WLR or Hyperland, the portals that it that it provides, and use the rest of the portals as a backup, right? Right. Well, the problem is that if you install KDE or GNOME implementations, mm -hmm. the entire the entire XDG desktop portal just just kind of dies. <laughs> 
it won't work. Mm -hmm. Like everything is broken. Literally, the moment you install XDG Desktop Pro KDE and you, and you launch Hyperland, screen sharing will not work. Screen, uh, like most of the things that you would expect portals to do won't work. Mm. Any single app that utilizes DBoss will launch 30 seconds because it will time out trying to get the portals. Mm -hmm. just will time out and will just ignore portals altogether because something is broken. And I submitted an issue and they were like, yeah, this, this probably might be fixed with this one PR and this one PR just kind of clarifies what portals to use in which environments. Mm -hmm. And I mean, maybe, I replied maybe, but maybe. you can see from the logs that XDG Desktop Portal doesn't, doesn't take the portals for a screencast and screen copy that WR or Hyperland provides, it doesn't take them from KD, mm. but still for some reason produces a timeout. Mm. What is happening? They're just like, I don't know. <laughs> cool, great. So even worse thing, like it used to be not very, uh, not very big issue. Just like remove KD or GNOME if you have it and just don't keep it, right? Mm -hmm. The problem on Arch since like a month ago, SDG Desktop Portal KDE is a hard dependency of Plasma integration. Mm. Mm. So, because I use Plasma integration to have QT themes or KDE system settings right. or some other KDE apps, Dolphin, um, I had to literally Pac-Man RNSDD, so remove, purge, remove every the file mm. and ignore dependency checks, the portal. And then add it to ignore package. <laughs> Great. This is superb solution. So like it's super annoying. I might just one day just get mad enough to like try and try and debug the actual XDG desktop portal mm -hmm. and see what the hell is going wrong. Because something is going very wrong there. And it's just really annoying for me to have that that, that notice for everyone to like read and pay attention that they have KDE, and still so many people had those timeouts. So I recently added literally a notification that Hyperland will pop you a notification if you have KDE or GNOME installed telling mm -hmm. you to remove it because it's going to cause issues. Mm -hmm. And of course, I can't use the system notifications. I had to use the Hyperland built-in notifications because system notifications won't work because the DBoss is timing out. <laughs> so DBoss notifications won't work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Oh my god. And also some people don't have a notification daemon, so. Right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's a mess. So, one last thing I want to talk about is, besides just dealing with the, the bugs and all the foundation stuff, what do you want to actually add into Hyperlin? Like, what's coming in the future that you think would be, you know, really cool? Oh, or even something you're not working on right now, something on you just want to see added. Things. Yeah, plugins were for a long while on a list of like, off in the future someday, maybe. And then mm -hmm. one day I went like, I woke up and I was like, I'm going to make a plugin system. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't really have a long term, like, ground plan for Hyperland, what to add and what mm -hmm. not. Because in the beginning, yes, I had a bunch of things that I really wanted to implement. But now I think that most of the things that I really wanted to implement mm -hmm. have been implemented. Okay. And the things that are left to implement are, of course, we're fixing bugs. Right. But the 
120 or so enhancement issues on the bug tracker. Mm. So some things people are really like really cool things that people are requesting, but some things I can now delegate to plugins. Mm. So also for a long while, I don't like the Hyperland shadows because the window shadows, I'm pretty sure they work like they should, mm -hmm. but they don't look great. Right. At least I can't configure them to look great. I know some people have, but I don't know how. <laughs> so like there is this uh, suggestion for something like, I think it's taken from Material U or something like that, where you have double shadows. One of them is different than the other. Okay. Which, yeah, pretty cool. Hmm. But generally my my roadmap now is to fix bugs and add the, the features that I find that should be in Hyperland, into mm -hmm. Hyperland that people have requested. But we also make, we have made two censuses, we call them censuses, which is basically a glorified form mm -hmm. about a Hyperland enjoyment survey. So how do you enjoy Hyperland? What do you, what, what should we focus on? And, um, and what are your biggest pains with Hyperland? We have mm -hmm. made two of those. I think we will make like a third one sometime soon because we haven't made one in a while. So I know, I, I like to know what the community's opinion is. I remember in the first one, people were really, really adamant on the fact that Hyperland was very buggy. And like 60% yep. of people said that the priority currently should be fixing bugs. And by the time we got to the second census, the amount of people that thought fixing bugs should be the priority dropped to like 30%. Wow. So we could we could see the improvement. We okay. I'm I'm still talking about myself in plural. I like nineteen personalities or whatever. Um, other people that might do something. I mean, let's be real. I wrote ninety five percent of well, the code. Yeah, I think that to be fair, that's the way it works with most FOSS projects. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, and so. I, I, because after the first census, I was like, yeah, I, I really need to fix the books. Mm -hmm. it, it, I, I know that the community tell, says, says that, and that's really a priority. Mm -hmm. And then uh, with the second census, we got like bugs and features and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so I think that we currently need a third census to see what the public's opinion on bugs is. Because mm -hmm. I, I just threw that 80 20 uh, because. I don't know, that seemed like a reasonable ratio, but I don't know what the ratio is. I don't mm -hmm. collect telemetry on the users. Maybe I should, haha, <laughs> gnome. Um, uh, but I, I don't. Um, I don't really want to have Hyperland connect to the World Wide Web by default. That's fair. Um, so I think I should make another census and see like what the public's opinion on bugs is. Yep. Because if still like 30% people think that fixing bugs should be the priority, then absolutely I should focus on bugs. But if it's like 10%, that means that the bugs that were really annoying people have been mostly ironed out. And mm. I can I can also focus a bit on adding new features. Yep, yep. Maybe adding them as plugins. I don't know. Some of them may be better as plugins. Some of them uh, maybe not. Well, it seems like the project is coming along really well. Um, people are really... Hyper well. Hyper well. <laughs> we have a joke on the Discord server that everything we do is hyper. So we have a hyper server. Mm -hmm. We have a Minecraft server, hyper MC. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I'm sure that doesn't get a... We have a hyper really website. Quickly. Yep. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, we this, have Hyperland, like... we have HyperWiki. <laughs> and now well, people... Well, HyperWiki makes it sound like it's the wiki for Hyper, me, not for Hyperland. Someone asked me whether I, I was planning on expanding Hyperland, and I was like, expanding? Expanding to what? And they said, you know, like a, like a display manager, like, uh, like, like a kernel. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hyperland bootloader. The hyper kernel, and then the hyper bootloader, and then hyper D. So like system D, but hyper D. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I I do need to get back and actually check on the state of Hyperland on my system. Last time I used it, it was pretty good. Uh, and it sounds like it's only gotten better since then. And there are some of those things like the gradient borders and things like that where. I didn't even know that was a thing, or the plugins and having the, the river layouts. Like, that's all really cool stuff. And yeah. assuming the foundation is solid on my system, which it sounds like it should be, I guess I should probably replace Sway with Hyperland and just see how it goes as, like, a a long-term thing. I have a killer Sway feature planned. Mm. Manual tiling plugin. Oh, my... <laughs> If you actually do that, that would be hilarious. <laughs> I don't, be I don't like manual tiling. I think manual tiling is the dumbest thing in the world. But it's horrible. I get <laughs> why people like it. If you're one of those people who are very particular about where things are placed, I get it. I think you're stupid, but I get it. <laughs> true, true. I mean, technically, uh, with the dwindle layout on Hyperland, you can also do that. Because oh, well, yeah. if you set preserve split to one, then you can just toggle the split of every single window. Hmm. Okay. Where it's like manual. But yeah, like, yeah, why yeah. would you do that? I don't know. <laughs> well, um, let the people know where they can find everything you do. Brody. Brody. Mm. Best idea. Yes. Monthly Hyperland review. Hyperland. <laughs> Look, there's enough content to do it. That's the thing. <laughs> this um, month in Hyperland, <laughs> you know, you know, you know the Linux experiment. <laughs> Brody's, you're, you're, you're gonna be like, welcome to this month's Hyperland news. <laughs> Jesus. No, but I definitely do need to get back and actually check it out and see, uh, see how it's actually going on. Um, Inshallah, it doesn't crush on you. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good. <laughs> That'll be, That'll be awkward. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, let people know where they can find your stuff. Uh, GitHub. <laughs> GitHub. Hyperland.org is our website, and mm -hmm. you can find links to the GitHub, to the Discord server, to the wiki there. Wiki is the most important thing. You should, you, like, if you use Hyperland, the wiki should be like, should be like your holy Bible. It like, it has everything you need to know. Mm -hmm. Literally. <laughs> Probably and could survive off of the wiki alone without asking anyone for help. You actually read it. Uh, I read That's too it much for some people. At one point, yes. <laughs> I, but apparently it's better now. Um, and there's also your Discord. Uh, the Discord server on the website. Yes. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> uh, anything else to mention? Anything else that should be of note? Uh, Hyperland, best Wayland compositor ever.
Okay, sure. Um, <laughs> as for me, main channel, Brody Robertson. Do Linux videos there six days a week? Probably going to do a Hyperland video, I don't know, sometime between now and the end of the year. I'll work it out at some point. Um, gaming channel, Brody on Games, right now playing through Hogwarts Legacy and Yakuza 0. And if you're listening to the audio version of this, the video version is available on YouTube. And the audio version is available anywhere you find podcasts. Just go to a podcast website. It'll probably be there. And there is an RSS feed. Uh, that's going to be it for I also me. have a YouTube channel. Mm. I make 90-90 videos. <laughs> Do you want you me to actually link the channel or not? You, you can link it. I, I don't mind. I make 90-90 videos. Block Game Anarchy Server. <laughs> From uh, time to time. What is the channel? Is it Vaxry? Vaxry. Oh, it is Vaxry. It's just Vaxry. Uh, uh, I see it. 10 reasons not to play 2B2T, but 19. Exactly. I see. I see. Uh, last video was. Master of ago. Shilling. You're, you're too busy working on a Hyperland. Yes. And uh, yes. <laughs> And very much yes. <laughs> cool. Um, do you have a final word to say? Any, um, any anything to close us off? Even even if I am an asshole, I still love every single one of Linux users. But like in in the in the in the like normal sense, like brother in Christ, not like you know kisses and stuff. <laughs> Kiss your enemies on the lips. Um, <laughs> cool and. I'm out.